Hello, everyone. I'm Emily Lavender, and this is the Forever Marriage Podcast. Forever Marriage at Lakewood exists to strengthen families by helping couples discover God's design for marriage. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Forever Marriage Podcast. We are in season two. This is episode 15, and we are in the middle of key five, which is to pray with and for one another. And so in the previous episode, we talked about three ways to pray for one another. Um, But today we're going to drill down on um, three ways to fan the flame of longing for one another. So in the second point last episode was to pray for God to give you a longing only and for one another. So we're going to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that in this episode. Yeah, so in this one, guys, we're going to just look at what what does it look like? Because obviously, as Dawn alluded to in our last episode, our heart is to have a heart for one another and one another only. And so what we're going to talk about in this episode are, are practical ways that we have found that has kept my affection for Dawn, Benji's affection for Emily, and and vice versa. So we're going to give you three ways to fan the flame of longing. This is not all-inclusive. You could probably think of some other things, but these are uh, some ways that have been beneficial for us. The first one is simply, it sounds so easy, but it's harder to do than you would think, is simply to be loving to your spouse, to be loving to your spouse. Romans twelve nine says this, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Now, you may say, well, Scott, what's that got to do with love and marriage and sexuality in marriage? It has everything to do with it. Because here's what happens, guys. In marriage, we can often do the exact opposite of that. Let me say it again. Paul says in Romans 12, 9, let love be without hypocrisy. He's basically saying, don't let love be whacked out. In other words, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Often in marriage, when, when we're getting sideways with one another, we've, we've begun to think the worst about one another, for instance. We can begin to cling to what is evil and abhor what is good. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, focus on what is good and right about your partner. Let me just ask you right now. If, if I said, give me three things, if you were sitting across the table from me right now and I said, give me three things that you appreciate and love about your partner, could you do it? Would they be right there on the t- tip of your tongue at the forefront of your brain or would you have to think about it for a little while? If it took you time to think about it, that says to me, you've been clinging to what is evil and not clinging to what is good. Because when we think about what is good about our partner and we do that on a repetitive fashion, in a repetitive fashion, it's going to be right there at the forefront of our brain. It's going to be on the tip of our tongue. So I want you to think about, take a few moments today and focus on what is good and right about your partner. Now, here's the challenge I want to give you. When you do that, here's another thing I want you to do. Begin today. So we want you to think about what is good and right about your partner. We want you to begin not just thinking, but observing. What I want you to do is observe 
your partner in quote unquote right behavior. That might be some things that you really appreciate or want them to do. For instance, you may want him to leave his underwear in the laundry basket and not on the floor. And ladies, if you see him doing that, affirm him in that. Catch him doing right and affirm him in that. Because what you'll find when you, when you are mentally trying to catch your partner doing good, I'm not saying, cause listen, it's easy for all of us to catch our partner doing something that's irritating to us. That's clinging to evil. What we're talking about is clinging to good, clinging to good. So catch them doing something right that you would consider right, good, what is pleasing to you, and then affirm them in that. And this is what I can almost guarantee you. I'd love to hear from you if if it doesn't. I can almost guarantee you that you'll find the temperature emotionally and relationally between you and your partner rising within your marriage. So we want to be loving to our spouse. We want to let our love be without hypocrisy. We want to abhor what is evil. We want to cling to what is good. The second way to fan the flame of longing for your partner is to treat your partner as desirable. Now, now you may think, Scott, what? But here's what happens. When it comes to love and marriage, you will always find what you're looking for. Solomon says it this way. In Proverbs eleven twenty seven, this is in the NIV. He says this, Proverbs eleven twenty seven. He who seeks good finds goodwill, but evil comes to him who searches for it. In his book Love and Respect, Emerson Egrich really helped me realize this this principle that in love and marriage you're going to find what you're looking for. In other words, if you're looking for good in your partner, you're going to see good. But if you're looking for um, selfish ambition or evil intent, you're going to find that as well. If I want to find good in Dawn on a daily basis, it, it even if Dawn got up on the wrong side of the bed, so to speak, but I still chose to find good in her, I'm going to be able to find that. But if Dawn got up on the wrong side of the bed and I said, you know what, because she's in a grumpy mood, I can, I'm, I'm going to look for everything she does wrong today. I can guarantee you guys, I'm going to find a lot of it. Cause in all of us every day, there's plenty of good. There's plenty of bad, but a healthy and thriving marriage that wants to be honoring not only to God, but to one another, we're going to focus on good. That's why Paul tells us in Philippians 4 8, he simply says this Brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, do what? Let your mind dwell on these things. So let me just simply ask you, what have you been, with regard to your spouse, letting your mind dwell on? And if you're dwelling on what is irritating to you about them, what is not desirable to you about them, I can promise you it's sending you in a direction you don't want to go maritally. Um, I've had a, 
a mentor in my life, Linda Jo Powell, who was she's just has been the very best question asker. Like she would give us some great questions to ponder and to think about. And she introduced me to a book called Keeping Blessing Hill. Um, and in there's a question in that book that um, I believe it's Joyce Sackett that wrote that book. I've got to do some double checking on that, Emily. If you'll make a note to that, and we'll put that in the um, in the notes. But one of the questions that she asks in there is, "What makes me fall in love with my husband all over again?" And so, oh, okay, well, what's that? What makes you fall in love with me? Answer it now. I was about to. I, you, I know you're fishing for it. I, I want, I I want to hear that answer. <laughs> just let it happen, I know, Scott. I know. Well, just really off of the top of my head, Scott has broad shoulders, and I have always loved his broad shoulders. Um, I've, I love his hands, especially his writing hand. Like Scott's <laughs> left-handed. And he has the best handwriting, and he he loves a whiteboard. Everybody around here knows. Mm. Give that give that boy a whiteboard a and clean some dry erase race yeah. markers, and he's a happy guy. But mm. and I love I love to see him write. These are I mean those are physical attributes of him, but those really do help my. They really do make me fall in love. I remember those things from long ago when we were dating. They make they deepen my love for him. They make me feel those feels again. And I think that's a great question when we're thinking about what, you know, whatever is true, when we're looking for good things is the question might just need to be reframed for you. What makes you what makes you fall in love with your spouse all over again mm-hmm. and pondering over that, um, keeping notes about that and dwelling on that will help keep those affections warm for each other. That's good. It is good. I like that, hon. Mm-hmm. Here's here, I'll give you a couple. Okay. I love that you are very intent on taking care of yourself in all aspects. You know, you mind yourself, you eat well, you, you're, you just take care of yourself. And, you know, um, sometimes that, that's just awesome. I love this is this, this shows me a shallow half. I was going to say. Okay. But this is, this is. I love that you take care of your skin. That really means a lot to me that you, you, I don't know what your skincare regimen is, but I you know you have great skin. That Dawn's Thank got you. phenomenal skin. She's got her grandmother's skin in. If you ever, ever saw Mama Garrett, she's mm-hmm. got her grandmother's skin, but Dawn is very regimented in taking care of her skin and. I like that. Yes, those are both very. <laughs> both, of my, both of them are physical attributes. You know what I'm saying to yeah. me of, that we both talked about. Yeah, but they, you know, I think both of us are attracted still to the humor that we have in each. Sure. You know that we still enjoy a good laugh mm-hmm. together. Um, we enjoy some of the same things of music and just mm-hmm. riding around in the car. There's a long list of oh, things yeah. that we can rehearse think about dwell on that help us to feel that falling in love feeling again Mm -hmm. you know what i mean or to keep that keep those logs on the fire to keep that flame burning yeah but there's power in speaking it out too and maybe you said that but like you know you can think those in your mind but there's even more power to speak that out to your spouse and say you know what this is what i love about you just when you know 
when well, it comes to what, do you, what helps yeah. you, Emily? Let's let's talk about yeah. Benji. Like, what do I like yeah. about Benji? Yeah, what makes you fall in love with Benji all over again? He's so funny. <laughs> he's so funny. I mean, he's just a nut. I wish y'all he's could a, see Emily's face. But y'all haven't seen him in our home. Yeah. Like, so y'all don't, you know, he's just funny. And he's funny with our kids. He just plays. Like, mm-hmm. we, we, he plays with our kids and with me. Let me ask you this, Em, because I, I have noticed this. Does it make, when, when Benji plays with the kids does that attract you to him yeah i've noticed that in yeah. women that there's something and now listen fellas if you're listening don't go play with your kids right now to <laughs> try to warm your i'm not saying that but ladies i have noticed that because i've mm-hmm. noticed i knew I'm, i saw that back in the 90s honey mm-hmm. and you've said it to me when mm-hmm. the kids were young when i was mindful of them caring for them loving to them that that was often uh, very attractive to you. Feels the same yeah. way when you're playing with our grandchildren. Really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And not aggravating. Okay, Claire and Kyle, if y'all were bring the grandkids here <laughs> real quick, real quick. <laughs> so aggravating them yeah, repels that, 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 me. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, man, but it is so fun. Yeah. What else, What else, Sam? I love that he thinks deeply. Mm. Um, he's just, he's... And he's created, like he's a good writer. He mm-hmm. he writes poetry. Like I don't wow. I just love the way his mind mm-hmm. works. Um, it's helpful to me and yeah. I, I I just love that. And I'm not that way. I'm very yeah. much a like let me do the hands on thing and mm-hmm. my mind can just be blank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. it's not always blank. But you know, I don't know. I, You're I, administrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love the way he You make thinks. all his dreams actually happen. <laughs> That's right. He's the dreamer. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All the notes. You make yeah. my dreams come true. Yeah. 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 So we're talking here, guys, about treating our partner as desirable. So I do want you, with the little exercise that Dawn took us through there, I do want you to just be thinking about what are the desirable aspects to you about your partner. And it can be physical because, listen, obviously we want to be physically attracted to one another. And as Dawn and I, as she said, we're in our late 50s now, so we our bodies don't look like they did in their 20s but one thing that we or act like they did <laughs> when they were 20 <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother I podcast yeah right. we won't go there um but yes but we have had to choose to focus on what is good and yeah. right mm-hmm. and wholesome about one another so we're talking about in this episode guys episode 15 three ways to fan the flame of longing for one another the first was to be loving to your spouse the second was to treat your spouse as desirable and the last one is simply this remember that sex in the head erodes sex in the bed honey i think you wrote that one I believe you did, right? But it maybe maybe not. Okay, you're looking at me like I don't know. But Mm -hmm. remember that sex in the head erodes sex in the bed. This is what we mean. Job says it this way in Job thirty-one one. This is in the NIV. I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. And I'm, I want to speak to the men for a moment here. Men, you and I um, live in a world, a very visual world. And one thing I know about the visual world that le- we live in is that temptation is going to find us 
whether we're looking for it or not. And what I know about most good men, noble men, honorable, honorable men, men who are wanting to do what is right, temptation follows them. It searches for them, chases after them, even when they're like Paul says in, in Corinthians, they are flee. I think it's Timothy actually. They're fleeing youthful lust, but it, it is still finding them. What Job says here, guys, is simply this. I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. This has been very helpful for me. Um, I have a buddy that uh, he and I talk about this kind of stuff quite a bit. And through the years, he has, he has helped me. Some of the language that he has used in this is that when he is tempted to look at someone other than his partner, he, he will make these two assertions. That person is not my spouse, and that person is someone else's. Maybe someone else's wife, someone else's daughter. That person does not belong to me. Now, listen, I'm, I'm a realist here, guys. We can, it is good, it is right for us to see and to acknowledge beauty, because that beauty is de- designed and created by God. So we do want to honor God for for the creation. But what we don't want to do is take it to an extent to where we begin to fantasize and go in an unhealthy direction with that. So we want to pray that we would have eyes for our spouse and our spouse only. That literally is a prayer we talked in the last episode about how to pray, but that is a prayer that I literally pray throughout the days is, Lord, give me eyes for dawn and dawn only. Yeah, I, I don't know that we can just simply address men in this area because, you know, the 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 explosion really of women and pornography over the last, um, really the last 10 years is, has, is huge and, and significant. And so when we... You know, when we allow our fantasy life to include the sexual experience of others, um, then we're going to be we're going to be hindered and hampered in our own experience. The the sexual imagery that should be in mine and Scott's mind should be of mine and Scott's um, sexual experience. That's what we should be pondering over or thinking about enjoying if we're going to have you know if we're going to be imagining it. It should be what we have together. Now, if people you know what people would see when they looked at us and our sexual experience would probably be deemed boring. Yeah, okay? They would fall asleep probably. But yeah. you know what? Mm-hmm. We love it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, it we, works for us. We're completely happy with it. Mm-hmm. It's fulfilling to the both of us. That is how it should be. And so in this, in this manner of, of, of sex in the head, it is a real caution to us and our, what we view, what we, what we watch, what imagery is brought into our minds in the sexual realm because it will have an effect on how we view our own sexual experience together, either positive or negative. Yeah. And let me just say, uh, while you were talking, hon, I was thinking about this because I know we have listeners who have had prior to marriage, other sexual encounters. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I know for men, I can't speak for ladies, but I know for many men, those sexual encounters are are still in their head. Right. They they can visualize them, mm-hmm. 
And one thing that we, I want to encourage you men and ladies, if this is you too, is just pray what we talked about in the last episode when Dawn alluded to Philippians 4, 7, where the prayer is that the Lord through Christ Jesus would guard our heart and mind. And I, I would just encourage you, let that be part of your marital encounter is, Lord, guard my heart and mind as I encounter my spouse. I want to have visions, as Dawn was saying, I want to have visions and remembrances of them and them alone in our encounter. I don't want to be encounter encountering them phys- physically and, and have be intrusive thoughts, intrusive in. thoughts mentally yeah. of someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So those are three ways, guys, that we can fan the flame of longing for one another. And in our next episode, our very last episode, episode 16, we're going to get into key number six, remove any barriers to sexual satisfaction. So we hope you'll join us then. Yep. And also, just look in the notes. We'll have some couples conversation questions, too, that after y'all listen to this episode and the one before that you and your spouse can kind of work through. Okay, that's all, and we'll we'll see you in the next episode.